0: Layovers, your weekly dose of aviation innovation. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard from the flight deck. This is Paul pavet Hello everybody, this is Alex Hunter. We'll be your pilots for this show about the news, the startups, and the technologies defining the modern air travel experience. Our flight time today, an hour and four minutes, and we expect an on time arrival. Coming up on this flight, you really shouldn't take your carry on in the event of an emergency evacuation, but saving your pet from the new American Cuddle Class is safe. Taking almost 30 million as announced United CEO seems safe too, as is flying on a 747 for an Aaron Maiden World Tour piloted by lead singer Bruce Dickinson. Walking miles at Heathrow will offer you freaking flyer miles. And the best views might be at Gatwick, anyway. Lounge Buddy is your best friend if you want an airport break. But think twice about resting if you're at Kuala Lumpur International. It's sinking. As we reach our cruising altitude, I'm going to turn off the fast seatbelt sign for you. Now, ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax, and let's turn on those noise-canceling headphones. Flight
1: 23 to London, Gatwick. Hi, Alex. Hi, Paul. How are you? And I think we should start by saying... Happy birthday. A <laughs> yeah, few, few days ago, I know, but uh, this is the first one since. So uh, happy, what is it, 27th, 28th? Yeah,
0: exactly. Like that. <laughs> we'll, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> and you probably gave me the best gift of them all because you offered me a, an actual genuine plate that was uh, served by B.A. in the Concord. So that was something, you man, you
1: really get me. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, that the best gift. That was kind of fun. Ever. It was. Uh, it was neat to actually s- to see it, and I know none- neither of us have had the chance to go supersonic. So I thought you should at least have something that's been supersonic.
0: Yeah, and it's fantastic. Actually, it's really. I'll put I'll take a picture and put it on the on the Facebook page so all of you guys can see it because it's it's really it's really neat. So thank you, and maybe one day we'll hope we can actually fly another type of supersonic. Yeah. I'm not holding my breath. Oh, yeah, me but- either. <laughs> Uh, I want to start the show by just giving a few shout outs to a few people because I kind of dropped the ball. So we've opened this feedback form so people can uh, thank us or give us feedback. I've also, there's a Facebook message on the page. There were many of them that I hadn't address and i had an actually replied so i spent the weekend replying to all of them so a few shout outs first to neil because he was really excited that we were covering uh johannesburg on the last episode neil did uh, we get so- everything
1: right I, I hope we were we were accurate although it was my father wasn't it who was giving all the information yeah. not us so blame him
0: and by the way, that's the other shout out, because everybody said that was our best episode so far. Not only I thought it was, but I mean, a lot of people came back and said, this is a great episode, really. So shout out to your dad, because that was really awesome.
1: Yeah, it was fun having him on.
0: I mean, really, we will have him one day again. And we'll try, because now we have the pressure, because of course, it's, it was our best episode so far. Now we have to, you know, keep the standard up. So yeah. We'll try. <laughs> Uh, very quick thank you uh, Zachary from San Francisco Kendall uh, she now lives in uh, Berlin she told me and she is actually she works in a, I think it's an organization I wouldn't say a company called Flyers Rights they fight for the rights uh, of flyers
1: great so that's
0: uh, yeah exactly so uh, she also uh, was active in uh, talking to us uh, there was uh, Michael uh, actually Michael did something interesting he shared a piece of news via Evernote uh, wow. so, which I like But I'm not sure that a lot of people would use that, which is why I never had opened it. And I'm thinking uh, maybe the feedback form is not the best form. So I'm thinking either opening a uh, Slack uh, channel. I mean, I already have the Slack, but I'd never open it for those geeks of you or simply just a Facebook group. We'll see because I know that a lot of people just want to give us, oh, I've read this article. You should cover it. And I want to find the best way. Maybe Facebook is, because a lot of people are on Facebook. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see that. Also, the subreddit, uh, aviation they reddit.com. Uh, actually, I, I looked for our podcast. And a few people actually have mentioned it, uh, that it is a great podcast to listen to. They're the active listeners. So thank you. Uh, specific shout out to it's The username is impossible to pronounce. It's a triple H and M, I think. So mm-hmm. or something. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much. Gen Kanai, uh, who recently relocated to uh, Shanghai after having lived in Tokyo for a very, very long time. He actually said it is the bad postcard for freaking flyers to keep up with the airline industry trends and news and key travel-related apps. So thank you wow, so much for writing that's that.
1: that's uh, very kind
0: indeed. Peter Johnson, who hosts another podcast called uh, Extended, the aerospace Focus podcast. He's been also active. We'll have him as a guest one day. Thank you, Masha Gray. Marcus uh, we actually said that our intro is cheesy so <laughs> <laughs> actually actually I kind of agree it is I don't want to run an intro the traditional podcast way with just a background music so I'm thinking about something else so if any of you guys as a Cool idea to show something a bit different than the usual podcast format tell us. As long as I don't have a good idea, I'll keep doing yeah, that I'd silly like thing. <laughs> but thank you still, uh, Marcus. And also Camille, uh personal friend that you've met, uh, Alex uh, Mika, uh, his wife, uh, Marcus, used to work uh, in a defense contractor in France, also gave us a lot of feedback, so that's great. Yeah, uh, yeah, so anyway, thank you so much for that and your brothers as
1: well. Yeah, bro- <laughs> my brothers are very active listeners, which again I'm still getting used to the idea of that, but uh, thanks for th- thanks to them for their support and and thoughts. Uh, and my youngest brother Will just flew on Singapore Airlines and confirmed that the what is it? The A34500 does in fact have that body storage capability. Uh, The the morgue. The morgue,
0: yeah. yeah. So the flight doesn't exist anymore, but they're thinking about reigniting it with a different aircraft. uh, So we'll see if that morgue reappears. (laughs) Not the best thought when you're flying. Um, So talking about something that was all over the news these recent days with BA 777 caught fire.
1: Uh, Have you seen that? Extraordinary story, wasn't it? Everything, uh, I mean, we... We live in an age where these stories unravel so so quickly and with such extraordinary detail from so many different angles that we, within a matter of minutes, were able to see photos from the tarmac of this plane catching fire and listening to the air traffic control and, of course, the... Uh, reams and reams and reams of speculation as to what exactly happened but
0: yeah we're arriving in an age where like you figure that everything is being either videoed or photographed it's yeah. insane right which but i suppose has- for
1: investigators is is beneficial um once the noise has uh, and has died down but essentially what happened in case you 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 somehow missed this was a ba 777 was on the runway at las vegas had started its engine had started its its run up it was, it was yeah, taken the, off yeah. Yeah. And uh there was an issue with with one of the engines. Um it caught fire. They aborted the takeoff thankfully and evacuated the airplane the, the extremely quickly. Unbelievably quickly. I th- this whole thing is it, you know, if something goes wrong, you want it to go like this. I think everything and you, actually, went text-
0: it's, it's, it's it's great that you say that because it's exactly what we talked about in the last episode 22 with your dad, the airport readiness. When you hear the ATC, so the ATC, you know, in the U.S., it's, uh, for those who don't know, uh, are uh, publicly available. I'll put actual link to, for you guys to hear. The, the calmness, the quietness, almost mundane the way they handled it, you know, and it was extremely fast. Not all, it's almost as if the, the ATC tower knew and started sending the engines, the fire engines before the Mayday call, and they arrived on the scene extremely quickly, yeah. extinguished extremely quickly. And also the staff at BA was extremely well-prepared to put everybody out and to uh, disembark the plane to, uh, in, in less than 34 minutes. So it was quite amazing. Uh, so I mean, that's exactly what you dad said. You remember said about uh, how our airports are ready in terms of if there's an incident of an accident. This was perfect.
1: Yeah, it, w- it, it was extraordinary. I think um... – the airport said that they got the first call at 4:13 p.m. local, the flames were spotted at 4:14, 4. and in that same minute there was the the engines, the fire engines were rolling, meaning that people had to get off their seats, get their equipment on, get in the truck and start rolling in under a minute. That's extraordinary. And by 4:18 p.m., less than 4 minutes later, every single person was off that airplane and the fire was out. Yeah. And if you've seen the pictures incredible was not a small fire.
0: No, not at all. Now the big the big thing though is as in every incident in the past let's say 3 or 5 years there's always this big debate of people actually going off the airplane and starting taking selfies and taking pictures of the plane. There's a fire.
1: Yeah, there's a basically a giant fuel tank on fire because this plane was fully loaded to go from from Las Vegas to Gatwick. That's a lot of fuel, highly combustible fuel. And then and,
0: and if you think there was, it, it, it's it's actually uh, interesting because almost now uh, to a dot, thirty years ago there was another. It was not BA; it was British Air Tours, which is which was part of BA, uh, to Manchester Airport. Had a similar situation. So a fire started uh, during takeoff, and at that time the the fire actually suddenly ignited the entire fuel, and it was a huge ball. A lot mm-hmm. of people died. I cannot remember how many. I think it it was. 53 people died in true crew out of uh, 115, 116. I don't remember remember the exact number. So it was actually 30 years ago. So we learned a lot of lessons. One of the lessons was, and that's the reason people, you know, they ask you to evacuate the plane in less than 90 seconds. You never know how it goes because I've read comments. uh, There was a comment on Facebook from a friend of a friend, I guess, we said, yeah, well, you know, if it's a controlled exit, you know, why not? I can take my carry-on, or I would not leave my three thousand uh, dollars camera behind. You don't know if it's a controlled exit
1: or not. Absolutely, you don't know what's they they rarely evacuate the plane uh, in situations like this. I the the slides are deployed, and let's let's remember this plane was on the runway, and they're not going to block the runway and get everybody off that airplane. Unless it's a real emergency, and the fact is, like you say, I would rather err on the side of caution and GTFO that airplane, <laughs> right? Rather than go, well, you know, it could be, it could be just a, a minor thing. I'm going to assume that it's the end of the world. Yeah,
0: you, you, exactly. You don't know after the fact. In hindsight, we're also clever and say, oh yeah, well. And especially, it's true that our, our aircraft safety has has made huge progress, and we don't have these. Accidents that happened, like the Manchester I just mentioned, which by the way, for which BA and Manchester Airport for the first time apologized to the to the deceased and the family, said, "Yeah, we But I mean, we've we learned the lessons, and one of the lessons is just get the hell out of yeah, the aircraft absolutely. as fast as possible. So, and that the other thing I just mentioned very quickly in passing,
1: people had to full carry on. This this is extraordinary, and we keep seeing it. Over and over. I remember when our friend Dan from San Francisco, the air traffic controller, was talking about the Asiana crash. There were people who were taking off there. uh, And you could argue that plane wasn't on fire, but it could well have been. This plane was on fire, massively engulfed in flames. And there were still people who were dumb enough, idiotic enough to take the time to get their bags together obstruct other passengers with their bags to get Yeah, that's the this thing, because
0: it's not only that you put yourself in danger, but, but if you take the time to take your carry-on from the overhead compartment, you're slower, you might actually even tear the chute, you know, tear the,
1: the Yeah, that's why they view. tell you to take your high-heeled shoes off. I think, you know, you know, you and I have been talking about this on and off for years and even more now since this happened. And there have been a lot of other people who have been talking about it to the point where, it seems like something might actually happen as a result of this, but I think you said you said something interesting. You said they sh- we should. I mean, during the safety um, instructions at the beginning, they should actually say that. Yeah, they should explain to you why why you take your high heels off. It will tear the thing that's going to get you to safety. You should not take your your um, anything with you, and they should reinforce anything. that, and maybe even show a picture of that. Airplane on fire going, this is why.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think there was another story also in the 80s, slightly different. But to see how fast a fire can go was the Saudi flight 163, uh, which uh, had a fire landed. By the time the plane stopped on the runway, stopped uh, probably too uh, too late, everybody had perished. Not because of the fire, but just because of the fume. It can go extremely fast. It was less than, I think, three minutes. Everybody died. Uh, so that happens. Even though we are making aircraft more secure, we learn our lessons. Guys, do not be dumb,
1: yeah. really. I mean, there's there's something going on with these people where they think they just don't understand. The, and, and perhaps, I mean, ironically, perhaps it was the calmness of the crew and the efficiency with which this evacuation was done. Because, every, I mean, this pilot, the captain had been flying with BA for 40 years. He was one flight away from retirement. This is, I mean, you couldn't write this as a script. It's its just perfect. And, you know, you could come up with a microscopic excuse for these people that because it was done so efficiently, because it was done so calmly, that they thought it wasn't a big deal. But I don't care what anybody says. When you're getting off the airplane via the slides, I will punch you in the face myself if you try and bring <laughs> anything other than your child or Dog, if you've got your dog with you,
0: yeah, I would, I would, I would jump over you or something. Yeah, I mean, in the end, it's just, I mean, it's a matter. I, you never know. Stop saying there's a controlled fire. I think, like you said, it's the calmness of the crew, but also the fact that we didn't have huge accidents because we we know how to do it. But that's the reason because we evacuate planes very quickly, mm. that we don't have death anymore. So don't think that it's only because, oh yeah, it's
1: a controlled fire or it's this minor thing because we are on the ground, so that's okay. And you see, I mean, there's, I'm just looking at a picture right now. There are people coming off the slide, casually strolling away from this airplane. Taking selfies. That is billowing <laughs> thick black smokes and flames coming out of the engine. And we've now learned that the engine fire, the, the, the failure of the engine, was not contained. These engines are designed for when something goes catastrophically wrong with them mechanically or otherwise. It's contained within the structure of the engine so that nothing comes out of it, damages any flight surfaces if it's in flight, ruptures a fuel tank. That's what they're designed to do. Even if it breaks off one of the fan, the titanium fan blades, the cowling is designed to contain that. In this instance, because of... Um, what looks like structural issues with the with the engine in the first place that didn't happen, so this could have gone even worse if it had been in flight. Who knows? I mean, it could have been yeah, exactly much much worse. I mean,
0: we'll have some we'll have at some point a report of what happened exactly because there's a lot of as usual a lot of theories and speculations about what happened to that engine, but. That's not the point today. today yeah. It was uh, really, and we're sorry we spent the last ten minutes talking about that. It it's riles really like us up. It's, it's, an, important. it's
1: important, and I think you know if you if you have an opportunity, maybe we'll even we'll uh, edit into this one or at least post a link. Listen to the air traffic control recording. It is it is textbook. It's staggering how how calm everybody is given what's going on and however the people that are going around it and the lead air traffic controller who was on the frequency at the time who was not only trying to get emergency services to a plane she was also sending other landing airplanes around getting them safe uh <laughs> it's just really extraordinary i paul sent me the link and my heart was pounding listening to it even though i knew the outcome That everything was fine. It's it's worth worth listening to to give you a a renewed appreciation for what those people do every day. Speedbird, uh, Magnate, Speedbird, Bar Services. Speedbird, 2076, Heavy Fire Services are on the way. And
0: Speedbird,
1: 2276, Heavy. Speedbird, 2076, Heavy, go ahead. Speedbird, 2276, Heavy, we are evacuating over a runway. We have to fire every feet.
0: We are evacuating. And if you want to know what it is to evacuate a plane, uh, a lot of airlines have programs. I mean, they usually advertise this for people that are afraid of flying, but you can actually sign up and they make you. BA is a very cool one. Uh, we always want to do it, me and Alex. And uh, you can actually go and they will. Make a They have a fake plane where you actually go and do through the slopes, et cetera, so to see what it means, you know, because if, maybe if you have never done it, and thankfully so, I've never done it. Uh, I've had a few incidents in, in aircraft, but never to the point of having to go through an evacuation. I think it's also a good lesson. So, guys, if you're want, if you interested, if you want to see wh- how critical it can be, these lessons, they're not, they're not that expensive,
1: actually. You should, should look it up. Yeah, I think it would be kind of fun to experience
0: yeah, exactly. in,
1: in, in a controlled environment.
0: <laughs> anyway, absolutely. I, I hasten to add. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, though it was interesting, I think I mentioned that to you completely. Uh, it just popped into my mind uh, that there, there's a lot of muscle memory that happens when, of course, there's a type of panic. So it's true that some people might grab what's next to them, you know, like uh, maybe an item, maybe a bag. I'm not saying on the overhead because that's different because there's a the muscle memory. You grab your stuff and you leave. So I'm not going to completely go against them. It's just you have to... Understand that it's not worth it, but the other bit was how funny that people, uh, when they try to uh, remove their seat belt, they would actually look for the go on the la- or left the or the right, yeah, or the hip, because they are used to car belts. They would look for the button, so the the muscle memory kicks in, and this is w- one of the things that the airline industry is learning how to make people. Uh, go faster, which is, by the way, another reason why you should actually listen to the That's why they do it.
1: I mean, you'd think that it, when we did the Virgin America uh, safety demonstration, we, we had to keep it in, but we made a joke about it for the 0000.1% 0, 0, 0, 0. of you who don't know how to operate a seatbelt that does it like this. But it is for that exact reason. The FAA and the, and the uh, NTSB have, and the DOT in the US have understand that, yeah, we, we, we instinctively reach for where it would be in a car not across the middle of our waist. But again, like Paul said, this is why you listen to it. This is why I, as much as I travel and fly, I still listen to it. If I'm sitting next to you as a friend or someone who's traveling with me, I always point, <laughs> and I've Paul's experienced this, I yes. point out where the nearest emergency exit. It drives my wife crazy. But if there is an emergency and you're not moving as quickly as I am. I'm not coming back for you. <laughs> now, I might go back for my wife and Wife, I was. Maybe Paul, that. but uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's, won't it won't be needed. It's, but, yeah. it's it's like it's ten seconds to glance over your shoulder and go. If yeah, if, if anything goes down, it's right there.
0: Yeah. Uh, moving on, talking very quickly about a, a dumbass. Uh, there was a guy, Birmingham uh, Airport, a Monarch flight going to Sharm el-Sheikh. A guy wanted to smoke in a, in a lavatory. You don't do that. Oh, no. Still uh, still on the ground and uh, actually set a fire to the plane. Oh, <laughs> I
1: missed that.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and was actually then, of course, uh, taken by the police in custody, etc., etc. et cetera. So was he drunk or not? I don't know. But still you still see a lot of dumbasses so don't hesitate to tell your, your wow. crew that these people are putting you in danger uh moving on still on ba though the better news because you've had the luck the, to fly with uh, BA on first class and uh, you actually love the experience and yeah. I very quickly so that ba will be introducing new first class seats and they look really cool they
1: look fantastic um these are going to be i think initially exclusively on the dreamliner and the not just the seats the whole cabin just looks yeah. it looks like in a in a really nice way it looks like a sort of an old london club like a gentleman's yeah, club not like a strip club um, <laughs> it looks it looks contemporary but but kind of deferential to their heritage uh, lots of kind of dark colors without making it too sort of dingy they they've done a really really good job with it
0: Yeah, it's really fantastic. I will post, obviously, some pictures. Uh, The Designer is always a website you want to look at if you like uh, these uh, premium experience. I also curate uh, Flipboard uh, magazine, as they call Seat uh, 1A, where I put a lot of these fancy seats and stuff. It's talking about fancy seats singapore was always ahead of the curve and they just announced that they will probably um have new seats by 2017 so i'm really looking forward to what they will have there although i've never flown them in first class you're right
1: they really are ahead of the game
0: but now you know with all you know the etihad and the others so they had i guess to uh i think they, they introduced the new seats when they got the first a380 that was almost seven years ago eight, eight years ago yeah, yeah eight years ago so it's a So they have to probably think about something. Uh, They are early designs, but none of them are the ones that we probably see. So they also also look pretty cool. And still talking about first class, uh, uh, Alex mentioned that when there's a fire, he would accept that you would grab your pet on the way out. Uh, American Airlines uh, just (laughs) introduced... Uh, first class pets, it's not a seat, but it's a container within, so not in the hold, but in the cabin for your pets. So if you love your pets, uh, American Airline is the way to go. <laughs> Honestly, you know, I'm sure they also make a good profit out of it. Because I bet uh, they
1: make a fortune out of it. <laughs>
0: People love to fly with their pets. I, I have pets. I mean, they usually fly in the hall. You know, I mean, I don't take them in, you know, just business trips or holidays. But, uh, yeah, I, I can see why. So that's a good – I don't know how if a lot of people will use them, but I think it's a great marketing way for them to attract people that love their pets, or small dogs and stuff. They call it – wait for this –
1: cuddle class. <laughs> Give me a break.
0: Yeah, but that's awesome. Come on. Uh, I know it's a bit late still on BA but I just wanted to mention it because we know that Turkish had has made um, uh, some flights where they would invite entrepreneurs uh, to pitch during the flight to accomplished entrepreneurs or VCs or uh, other types of business people and BA is doing such a thing as well. Uh, they will go from London to uh, Austin, Texas uh, and they, they are open a competition to, for people to actually it's not reserved by the way to startups in the tech technology sector it can be anyone who's having a, a business a small business to go to the flight uh, and actually pitch your idea get help from these mentors and I think the deadline is coming up today or tomorrow so if the show is up quickly enough you'll be able to go uh, but I think it's an it's, interesting, still, it's,
1: it's a great idea
0: yeah, I think it's a cool idea, Yeah, exactly. it's uh, The mentoring flight itself will take place on, uh, on October 2015, uh, and uh, the reason they do that is also obviously marketing, because they're relaunching their uh, business uh, offering for miles, fricking flyers, you know, not you as a person, but offering as, as companies, as yeah. corporates. So I'll put the link uh, if you're interested. Now talking about somebody that could have mentored you but is no longer here is the CEO of United. What a story.
1: Wow. Yeah. This United are having like a banner year. Jeez (laughs) Louise. So this, I mean, for me, this came out of nowhere that he's been fired. That's the headline. He has been fired. Uh, Yeah,
0: exactly. It was not like there was an inquiry or there was something that was brewing. It's suddenly we got the news and he's out. Uh, Yeah. What?
1: Yeah. Just, I mean. Surprising. The whole United story has gotten weirder and weirder and weirder over the last six months with some really bizarre decisions. And I think I mentioned a while ago, I didn't think he was going to last so – yeah but a, this one he's gone. But this one is specific so yeah, they,
0: so united as as we know relies a lot on uh, Newark uh, at yeah, hub they they, in, they
1: it, were pulling out of JFK to move everything to Newark and now yeah. we have a lot so of And so Newark into why. Newark is
0: is regulated by the port authority of New York so they are the regulatory authority for Newark and apparently what has happened is it was the chairman of that port authority uh basically, the, the whole story is that, has United put a flight from Newark to this guy home city just basically as a kind of a political convenience?
1: Yeah, they'd they restarted a loss-making route between uh, New York and somewhere in South Carolina. I don't remember where. Exactly. Um, and there's now this massive – and this is just one of many very strange things that have happened – but a, a corruption investigation, really, and it's, yeah. it's, I think it's important to point out, as much as I don't, you know, I don't think this guy has done a very good job. There's no one suggesting that this that uh, Jeff uh, Smizak or Smizek, uh hasn't. He's not been accused of doing anything, and that he Correct. there's no kind of suggestion that he hasn't cooperated. But he has been relieved of his duties. Uh, with 28.6 million dollars in his pocket <laughs> Which- that was his severance It's just conditional on him cooperating with this but he also gets flight benefits for life and that's pretty cool and parking privileges parking <laughs> privileges i mean goodness <laughs> me
0: but I, I, a lot of people were riled up about that inclu- including robert scoble and Lloyd Lemur on, on facebook they were like "What? what is but again uh is is participating in inquiry there's an inquiry of corruption we don't know, so we're not making here pointing fingers, but there's something probably fishy. And so was it a case of United uh, uh, board wanted to want him out and just say, OK, this is a good opportunity to put him out? Was it that there's something, you know, is it a smoking gun? Uh, I, we don't know. We'll see if he's cooperating. But still, the this, this story is a, is a bit fishy.
1: Very fishy but- because they, they canceled that flight, which was in, referred to as the chairman's flight, the day after... This guy left the Port Authority. Yeah. Exactly. Come on. That's a- <laughs> and even United said they, – they haven't come out with a lot of information, but they have said um, that his the, – the, the CEO's departure was in connection with United's probe related to the federal investigation associated with the Port Authority. Yeah. So it's not like they're saying, no, no, no. It's just he's going off to pursue other interests. It's because of this. But United knows that that Port Authority <clears throat>
0: can make or break Newark for United, so they have to be extremely cooperative. They, they don't want to lose that hub. Yeah, not that they would lose it is not an eventual possibility, but they have to be extremely cooperative because they rely heavily on Newark and thus the Port Authority. Well, interesting. we'll follow up on that story. But I'd love to be fired from and having my parking privileges and flight benefits forever. And $29 million. Cool.
1: Dollars. Of course. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Obviously. Uh, switching subjects uh, of somebody that doesn't probably need to be mentored at all. So uh, I, as a kid, I was a big fan of Iron Maiden. Uh, it's a British rock band, sold more than 90 million albums. The point is not to talk about uh, the music, but uh, the singer called Bruce Dickinson is... Famously also a pilot, uh, and it has on recent tours for the band, they were using uh, Boeing 757, was it? Yeah. Uh, on the two tours in 2008, 2009, I think, uh, to carry the band around. They even did uh, some flights where they would invite fans all over. So it's pretty cool. So cool. Bruce himself was piloting the plane. But this time, and this is pretty cool because we both love that that aircraft. The band has announced that it will now go for a seven four seven for their world tour. <laughs> That's pretty amazing, actually. When you think about it, it's uh, so they will. It's a full seven four seven. They're leasing it from a company. I think in in um, I think it's in England. I'm not I'm not sure now. I'm not. I don't have the info right in front of me. So they will carry. They will not be a pass extra passengers. I think I'm not sure, but I think it is. Uh, you know one of these come come by a uh, 747 so it's a freighter and has a few seats on the upper deck it's not a full you know 747 for for passengers that's what i heard uh so they will start their tour in 2016 with uh that plane actually in the latest album uh the last song of the album is an 18 minute song about the uh you know, the, people might know the Hindenburg, you know, mm-hmm. that rigid aircraft that crashed in the 30s. There was actually a worse crash by a British uh, rigid airship. It's made an uh, overseas voyage that killed 48 out of the 54 people. That was the end, by the way, of the program in the UK to have a rigid aircraft. Uh, I'm looking for the name now, but I forgot the name of the uh, of the the actual aircraft. So the entire song is about that. So that shows how much he loves, because you wrote that song. He loves uh, aviation. Wow. He has as well. He was a, a pilot for a company called Estris. Uh They were doing charter flights mostly. He even chartered people to... Uh, to the, Haji, so to the uh, to Mecca for the, you know, the yearly uh, Muslim uh, pilgrimage. Uh, there was, he was also carrying passengers around, of course, in uh, charter destinations for holidays. Then the company went under and he opened a company called Cardiff Aviation. Uh, and Cardiff Aviation uh, now, I think they employ 50 to 70 people. So they do, you know, the aircraft maintenance, you know, so libraries and all the kind of maintenance that you do, because he is a big believer in the UK as being a, a potential to actually make it big still big in aviation the big news is that he's even thinking
1: about launching an airline uh that's pretty cool actually yeah it is <laughs> i mean it's i think it's important to point out that this isn't some celebrity hobbyist he has seven thousand hours of flight experience and i can guarantee you that that's more than the person in the left seat of your next easy jet flight that is a that is a lot of flying time and this guy is um yeah, and
0: he flies even like rep, you know the old aircraft,
1: old you know, yeah, you know, old World like War Harrison One, Ford, same yeah, thing. I think same, was. yeah, absolutely, and it's the same,
0: same idea. And he, he really adores, adores. We'll try to get him once as a guest. I know he's hard, but I mean he's on the same. So I, Alex and I, I've uh, speakers agents because we do a, a speaking around uh, around the world, and he's on one of the companies we use. He's on the same one, so maybe that's the way to get to him. Nice. But I'm sure we'd love to talk about the other thing also, and I'm very quickly because I know I rumble about, but you know I'm a fan of this band. So Cardiff Aviation was recently actually given the mandate to run uh, uh, Air Djibouti, so an actual airline in Africa. Uh, we talked about Africa with your dad in their previous episode. So they will uh, provide operational management, uh, offer technical support, etc., from South Wales. It's pretty, pretty cool. So he's really serious about it. It's not just like you said. It's not just something he does for Glamour. It's actually a business he tries to run. And finally, I will say he also has So the biggest uh, aircraft ever, it's it's actually like a rigid aircraft, like the ones we just mentioned, the Hindenburg and the other, that I will find the name eventually in my my memory. Uh, There's this company in the UK that's trying to launch these massive, massive rigid aircrafts to uh, think of them as Massive balloons to do a cargo transfer. He's uh, an investor in that company. They've already actually have the prototype uh, for for it, so
1: he's really serious about it. Yeah, and so. like, yeah, he 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 likes the mechanics, the theoretical mechanics, and the operational side of airlines and aviations and the business side just as much as getting behind the controls of an yeah. airplane. And I think you know and. It, with, with Cardiff and a few other ones, he's he's come in and picked up businesses that have been badly managed and run into the ground, invested some of his own money to make sure that people were going to keep their jobs uh, and he could turn it around. So I, I, I never met the guy. I probably – I don't even think I've seen an interview of him, but – he just sounds like a cool cat i think uh you know i I think i think he's actually
0: he speaks when he does since we talked about speakers agency i think he speaks about that he speaks about the aviation the uk cardiff aviation the r101 that's the name of the ship that crashed in the 30s the uk one uh so he really is really passionate about it It, it, the funny bit of anecdote is that he learned to fly in the in the 80s he was already touring with a band and the drummer I uh, had uh, his license for you know single engine. And he said, okay, if, if the drummer can do it, I can do it as well. And then he led to all he did now. Uh, <laughs> he, <laughs> he did also Olympic fencing. So he's really like almost like a polymath. You know, he wrote books and stuff. So it's really amazing. amazing. Finally, for those, uh, I couldn't see him, but he was last uh, two weeks ago. So end of August, that's Harrods. For those who've been to London, Harrods is a big tourist destination. I'm not a, always a big fan of the store. It's a very fancy store. I didn't know that. You know, they have pop-up stores, right? Yeah. But but this time there was a pop-up store to
1: actually sell private jets. <laughs> I can do. You, can you believe this? Yeah, for those those last-minute impulse buys when you're like, ah, oh, dang it, I forgot to go and get my private jet. You can just nip down to Harrods and pick one up on your way home.
0: And obviously, uh, you know, he he went there to run the store for a day as a celebrity, and uh, the the planes are being sold, are selling for two point two million pounds a pop. So I mean, I don't know, it's not my kind of pocket change. Yeah, if you are, if you if you fire from United, you can do it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So moving on to another library, because we just talked about the seven four seven, which will obviously have the entire library of Iron Maiden and band. We talked about a few episodes ago i can't remember what it was it was i think in the spring of star wars ANA. and that was just revealed the actual plane was revealed it
1: looks incredible
0: i've seen the, i've seen the
1: youtube video yeah they've hired some stormtroopers it's fantastic <laughs> it's this it's a beautiful so it's 787 so it's already a beautiful airplane and it's the it's the r2d2 uh, one, Yes. special livery jet. That's uh, it. Just looks fantastic. It's it's the perfect plane for that type of thing. And I think this is one of three or four special guests. Yeah, yeah, because now they said that
0: they... At first, they only announced that, and now they said that they will do other ones with other characters of Star Wars. they are really going full in with that. So I really hope I can fly once. I've never flown the 787. You might fly one, actually, you told me.
1: I think I have, yeah, a few opportunities coming up. I'm so jealous.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But uh, if you... You'll have, of course, to fly with ANA. The first flight will be on October 18th. Yeah, my uh, father's birthday. From Tokyo to Vancouver. Nice. uh, And return, obviously. So uh, keep your eyes open. Uh, I'm sure it will also land at some point probably in, in London and in the US. Now, so sometimes you go on Facebook and you see something that comes out of dreams. So the other day it was Emirates Air... I'll get to that in a minute. That was offering uh, free first class fl- flights if you were sharing the news and liking the page. Same thing with another company called British Air. Uh, exact same thing. Uh, I mean, how can you fall for this?
1: Yeah, it's it's prevalent. It's it's been happening since the dawn of of the internet. But it's in a few, I've seen them with Virgin Air, Virgin uh, vacation trips like this. Blah, blah, blah. And we'll be giving away, you know, this, that, and the other. And it's a blatant use of, of, of brand and copyrighted material to, yeah, actually, the pages. So
0: they were, they were really written Emirates Air dot and British Air dot. The, the logo, they simply ripped it off for the logo from the official page. The same thing with the header and everything. So it really looked official. The only thing is, Not only the message was obviously scammy. It was full of mistakes, of syntax and orthographic mistakes. But it kept being shared and shared and shared. And I saw that on my feed. I was like, the hell? So the first thing I tried to do, and I tried to report that. And then I realized for the first time, because I almost never report stuff on Facebook, that Facebook doesn't really make it easy to report for trademark infringement or, so I, you know, every time I was trying to report it and say, Oh, so you don't want to see this on your feed. I said, No, this is not what I want. I want to tell Facebook that this is a scam. So every or this is, is this a uh, racism? I'm like, no, you know, and so I ended up. I ended up actually going to report those for harassment. Uh, And uh, actually, Facebook came back to me. uh, And a a few hours later for the Emirates one, they first told me that uh, we reviewed the page you reported for harassment and found it doesn't violate our community guidelines. And then about... Eleven minutes later, uh, oh, thank you for a report. We change our mind and we will actually remove it. Uh, a few hours later, this 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 thing for British Air. I've also had contacted. I know I feel like a freaking night here, but that's not the case. I was really <laughs> right up that day. I contacted uh, the both. I tried to contact British Air, but they, British Airways, sorry, but they don't have uh a contact on facebook uh they tell you oh you go on twitter uh and emirates i contact them through the through a message they came back to me very quickly and told me oh well we raised the uh the issue to our corporate communication le- legal team so I, I guess this is why between me reporting and not saying me maybe other people and the fact that the, these pages were gone but i mean it's a it's a bit mm. it's i'm not
1: infuriating really...
0: Yeah, and that Facebook doesn't, you know, just lets it us it go. I understand that Facebook might doesn't might not have the possibility to review every single page, and also a lot of false positives and stuff. But this is really people were falling for it, right? And if, it was. Uh, if,
1: I'm really surprised that Facebook doesn't have a mechanism to report any type that was, of scam. Was har-
0: no, exactly. There was none. The trademark infringement, believe it or not, when I did it, they said, "Oh, do you, uh, so you can send a message to the guys and tell and ask them to put it down." Yeah, as God. if. All right. <laughs> well, no, that doesn't work like that. Anyway, so just, guys, be careful when you see that kind of stuff. Actually, the what's his name? John from the Emirates Facebook team, when he said he added, uh, we had a conversation, very nice guy. And he said, uh, not all that glitters is gold. <laughs> so, yeah, basically, if it's too good to be true, you know. Probably It, it, is. it probably is. <laughs> uh talking about miles because that's a way to get actually to these first class seats uh I didn't know that you can have earned miles at Heathrow just at the airport Yeah they've they've been working on this for a while It's a good you idea to use it No no me neither and actually the funny bit is that I received I learned from it by receiving a a newsletter from Etihad so Etihad of course now they've you know partnered with so they said uh Etihad I can earn Heathrow miles and not know the name, and that they can then be also converted to Etihad miles. So, well, well, interesting. Uh, so, obviously, it works. Cool. It's not the amount of steps you take in the airport. Obviously, it's <laughs> we wish <laughs> yeah. it's the amount of
1: shopping you do. All right. I'd be flying first class all the time if it was based on steps at Heathrow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in some in some terminals, yeah, especially between the, now in Terminal Two. If you have the bad luck, because that's my main terminal, the B gates. Uh, are at least you know fifteen to twenty minutes away from the Aegis. You walk and you walk, and you walk and you walk and you walk and you walk. Anyway, do you use uh, talking to CIL airport? Do you use Lounge Buddy? We mentioned Lounge it. before. Buddy, the, the
1: app. Uh, no, I, I played with it. I don't. I don't use it, but uh, because I, f- for the longest time, had uh, access to lounges through various status with either Virgin or, or somebody else, but. And I keep running into this now that I have lost my beloved gold status on Virgin. um, It would be nice to duck into a lounge from time to time, especially if I'm on a long layover or something and want to get some work done or just chill out. And Lounge Buddy seems to be moving in the right direction to, to figure out the best way to get into a paid lounge.
0: Yeah, exactly. Actually, this is why I wanted to mention because it has been around for quite a while, but I've never truly used it because it was a bit clumsy. But now it's actually much better. It tells you, uh, okay, you're in Terminal 5, let's say, or you're at JFK Terminal 7, and with list you all the lines are available, you can actually... Not only you you will list uh, in your settings, in your profile will say, okay, I have this card and this card and this card at this status, et cetera, et cetera. Then you can also say I'm on this flight and automatically will give you, okay, you have access to that, that, that lounge. Some lounges actually, you know, the partner lounge might not be the lounge of the airline you're flying. But you still have access to, and, and that's coming to your point, Alex. They will also uh, give you automatically the ones that you can pay to get in that yeah. and you can actually pay for them through the app so you can actually you're in front of the lounge I want to get into this one click pay I'm in that's pretty cool that is cool it is cool I'm I'm like you I've I'm starting to run into that kind of thing where it would be like some long layovers. So I, I would use LoungeBuddy much more. They also integrated now with TripIt, but the integration of TripIt is more informational. They just tell you, oh, there's a lounge, but there's no, you cannot do anything within TripIt. You just know there's a lounge. So you, you should download uh, LoungeBuddy if you're a frequent flyer. It's pretty, pretty nicely done uh, and they listen to feedback. So you should do that. Another quick app I saw a product hunt the other day. It's called Corner App. So yet another app that you can book flights with, but I find it really well done. Have you tried it? Have you it's,
1: downloaded it? It's, yeah, it's it's beautiful. Um, I need a little bit more data and time uh, to to book my flights, but I think it's it's easily the most attractive and well laid out booking app on a phone I've ever seen. Um, yeah, and you can look so basically- at places like. Um, not just by price, but by weather. weather. Yeah, um, that's really cool. So you say I want to fly,
0: and uh, and then you can sort by weather and say only fly in good weather, and it will. It's really beautifully done. Of course, it's still it's still not. Uh, so it just, then I guess it 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 simply redirects. I mean, even it, everything happens within the app, but I think you can see that it looks through other channels to buy the actual ticket. Uh, but it works really well. So, you guys, you could uh, take a look at it. Uh, very quickly, uh, Air France app. Uh, I have it on my phone. The only reason I want to mention it is that I've seen a lot of apps when you can actually take a picture of your uh, loyalty miles card or even credit card. But this is the first time I see an app where you can take a picture of your passport and have all the information within the app. Uh, that's pretty cool. That's very useful. Yeah, I think this is something that we'll we'll see more and more. Uh, and, uh, and 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 uh, so, Apple announced the iPhone 6s and 6x Plus.
1: Uh, I think you already ordered one. I did, I did, only <laughs> because I'm uh, several models behind, and uh, my beloved iPhone 5 is uh, it lasts about 46 minutes on a battery. So it's, it was time. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm sure you also did it because of that flight thing we mentioned on iOS 9, right? I do like the flight thing, the the in iOS flight preview. Uh, but have you seen have you seen the, have you seen that now? Actually, there's a demo
0: that actually it uses that the uh, force touch is it called three touch three D oh, touch yeah. So basically, three D touch is like you for those who don't know what it is is if you press uh, harder on the screen, it will create another set of uh, actions. And this is actually how the flight thing works. So if you have, uh, a, a let's say, a flight number on an email, for instance, and you first touch it, you'll have that screen that you shared, Alex. You remember that it would give you the exact flight path details and et cetera. Yeah. So I'm sure that's the reason you bought.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, that is. that is It's a very cool feature. I think both the, the 3D touch and the, the built-in flight stuff, because I'm always looking at stuff like that. So I
0: I haven't I haven't pre-ordered it I don't still I'm still on the fence of if if I will but I'll look at yours and maybe I'll make a decision. Yeah. <laughs> uh another thing I stumbled upon uh, very quickly is that KLM is as usual very good on social and now they are actually doing a lot of sponsors' posts on uh, so ads basically on uh Instagram. You might have seen them if you are on Instagram. Uh, of course it depends on the territory so they're not always in all territory but the, the interesting bit is that Instead of uh, putting ads about flights and destinations, there are all the ads are about what happens, something that you'd like, Alex. What happens in the background? So, for instance, uh, maintenance
1: of jet engines. It's pretty interesting to go in that direction. It's very cool. Uh, it's a beautiful photo, the the one that you're referencing. Um, and if
0: you and if you click on it, it leads you to KLM website, and it explains you the jet engines and everything. And actually, it's a uh, I understood that after a while. It's almost like a job offer.
1: It's like to uh, attract engineers. Nice. It's clever. That's clever. I mean, yeah. these guys are, are the leaders for social um, amongst airlines, I would say. KLM, they've done such a great job. Such a great job. I'm super impressed by them.
0: So now, uh, going back to the United States, there was a slight problem.
1: Uh, we talked about Newark earlier. New <laughs> Newark. What happened? Yeah, this could have been really bad, but um, a hangar collapsed. It's almost like it just sort of deflated. Um, Four people were injured, so it wasn't without any any issues. But mercifully, it had been decommissioned, this hangar. And of course, it was a United Airlines hangar as well, just to kind of – just to beautifully and eloquently, almost poetically illustrate the state of that airline. It just – it's got the logo emblazoned on the side of it, and it just—it's just sort of slumped like a really crappy cake. And uh, look, so it was being—it was—it was unused and undergoing a, de- a demolition, but then it just sort of c- collapsed in, and o- in on itself. It's a pretty spectacular um, picture. Obviously, it's also
0: bad luck, but as you say, kind of hints at the—I uh, mean, the, sometimes the state of the infrastructure leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, in North America, especially yeah. the US, so that's uh, sadly probably a sign of it. Uh, the other thing, talking about another, is, like oops, is uh, it's not a news that is very recent, but we had talked about it
1: between you and me, Alex. Is that Kuala Lumpur Airport is sinking? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 incredible. It's literally sinking, and this is seriously pissed off the CEO of Air Asia, who has has said that it is responsible for not only severe delays and and that uh, Kuala Lumpur is, a, is an operational hub for them but it's damaged some of their airplanes as well um, so is, is it is it one of these
0: air, uh, airports that is on a man, man-made island right yes I, I believe so not all of it but at least some of it there's a lot of airports like that so obviously we mentioned I think Hong Kong is like that uh, there is Osaka KIX is like that uh, there is the extension of Haneda in Japan is like that there's a lot because you know it's it's not only a, a it's of course a problem of room it's easier to just say oh we'll, we'll just you know create a man made island and just put an airport there instead of actually have to buy back uh land or using eminent domain to buy to, to take back land from from people but as well it also it's also easier in terms of noise control because the planes are basically landing and departing over the sea it seemed in that case that there might have been some engineering issues because if that thing is sinking too fast, they will, they will end up having an issue. Yeah,
1: <laughs> absolutely. And like you say, um, Kansai had this for years, this problem, and they were able to to, to figure it out eventually. But um, this is not good.
0: Not good at all. In Asia still, so uh, we finally have confirmation that uh, that piece of the 777, of a-, a 777 that was found in
1: La Réunion Islands, is from MH370? Yeah, they've. There was a little bit of hesitance from the French authorities to come out. Really, after all signs pointed to this piece of the flapper on being from MH370, to actively and and without any kind of equivocation, say yes, this is from it. But they finally have come out and said this is from that airplane. Um, so, what and, do you think will happen now? Well, that's the great. That's the million dollar question, isn't it? The sort of. So now what? Um, what they haven't come out with, and I think we've been waiting for this, is the forensic analysis of the structure of that flapperon to see how fast it went into the water, what forces acted upon it. Um, was it attached to anything when it crashed, that when it hit the water, that that type of thing. So I don't think that they've released that information yet. I think that's probably the next logical step, but we haven't heard anything about any other more significant pieces washing up anywhere in the world. So we're still a long, long way from figuring out exactly what happened to that
0: flight. Yeah. Yeah. There are some oceanographers that are saying that it, whilst you cannot relocate the exact location where the plane hit the water, or at least supposedly hit the water, uh, you can still, via currents and everything, have a better understanding of a still large, but an area where it could have come from. Yeah. Uh, because it was. This flaperon was not the only piece that apparently came ashore on this beach in New island so probably uh, there was a bit of pieces from there so they could actually help probably you know I think the Aust- Australian authorities are still running operations and uh, to look for that flight but the, the covering you know the size
1: of the of the the search is just insane it's incredible <laughs> and and, just, and Australia are doing this at their own cost as well. Um And it's yeah again still going on and on and on so yeah it's uh, the the
0: problem again with Alpha, like you said very w- well I mean there's uh, investigations being done on that flap around but as as long as we don't have any information everything else is speculation absolutely. And, we still hear a lot of speculation. I mean, of course, there's conspiracy theories are there. But also, uh, you know, you, we remember that the Malaysian government, I mean, the prime minister, very, very quickly said that a triple, the, the, that piece was for the 777. Thankfully, it was. Uh, but still, you can feel that there is... Uh, a, a will to probably you know find an explanation quicker than it, they should just to kind of reassure the families and or just maybe say oh we, we're doing something about it and that that might lead to still a lot of confusion in the coming month
1: yeah absolutely uh, and and not false hope but just giving answers that turn out to be false
0: yeah exactly so uh, uh i would say let's be cautious until we have you know proper. Investigations. I mean, the, the investigation board in France is n- known to be very effective and very good at it. I mean, they've uh, you remember with the Air France flight, uh, was it four four seven or something? The one that crashed between Rio and Paris. The, the, they are, they are known to be good, so I trust them that even if it's just one piece of a flight, they will come up with a very solid lead about what happened to uh, that uh, flight. you yeah. might not tell us where it is, but at least we'll have a better uh, understanding. So Gatwick, Gatwick Airport. It's it, it, it's 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 almost
1: like your home airport because you're closer to Gatwick than any other, right? It's yeah. It's it's between that and, and London City, but yeah, primarily I f- I fly out of Gatwick, and this is going to be controversial. I like Gatwick Airport. I don't think it's nearly as bad as people give it. Um, yeah, it, it's not. So I mean, you've heard if you've heard us talking about it.
0: Of course, we are both living in the UK, so we both and. Also in London, so obviously, we tend sometimes to talk like in this episode a little bit more about the UK than others. We'll try always to have a good balance. Uh, we already covered EThrow, we already covered LCY, but the the big the big debate, of course, has been uh, should Gatwick have a second runway? They currently only have one or ETHRO have a third runway, which apparently is the decision of the authorities. I don't remember the commission for airports or something. Uh, so Gatwick has one single runway. It mostly caters, uh, not mostly, it caters a lot to low co- more low cost than um, ETHRO, which doesn't have almost any low costs. Yeah, uh, A lot of, of them is EasyJet, which is a good airline, honestly. Yep. I understand what you're saying. It's It doesn't deserve all the, sorry for the term, the crap that it sometimes gets. Uh, I think people misunderstand, you know, they have, it's the whole thing, the passenger experience we were also talking about with your dad in the previous episode is that, yeah, sometimes the experience with EasyJet might be, I mean, you pay for what you get. So people kind of tend to put that in the same basket as the airport. But if you look at the airport as itself, I flew from uh, from Gatwick with Emirates. I flew from Gatwick with BA. And I flew from Gatwick with US Airways when they were still around. And honestly, each time, it was a great experience.
1: Yeah, uh, it's it's always it's always billed as London's second tier airport where you start your flights into London before graduating to Heathrow. I mean Cathay flew into Gatwick for years before uh getting all the slots they needed at Heathrow. And like you say Emirates they operate A380s into yeah, into Gatwick. Absolutely. BA have substantial long haul operations out of there. Virgin have a huge operation long haul obviously out of out of out of Gatwick. Uh, it's it's got two terminals, the north and the south terminals, linked by a kind of one of those automated trains. Um, it it has newer facilities um, for security and stuff like that, but it, they're not nearly as well manned as they should be. What I found about Gatwick is generally, and I'm probably jinxing myself for the next time I go through there, the <laughs> people are super nice. Yes, I agree. I absolutely. Agree. Even at security. Yeah.
0: I say even a security because usually that's the one that's a bit of a pain point. Although I mean, I would I wouldn't say that Ether, for instance, is bad. It's just like neutral. Mm. They're not nice, neither they're bad. Whereas at Gatwick, people are smiling and hi, hello, how are you? Yeah, like, oh, okay, and, and wow. helpful.
1: I have to I, so a really quick story. Last time I flew uh, out of Gatwick, which is um, just a couple of weeks ago on EasyJet down to Geneva, we were bringing um, a gift for for some friends, and we. We totally spaced it and had it in our carry-on because it was over a hundred mils. It was a it was a jar of um, of jam, of British jam that some friends wanted, and we totally spaced it. And of course, we're like, okay, just throw it away. And the lady was like, uh, was so so nice, so understanding. This is at security, and she said, look, if you go to run to Boots and and buy a couple of containers, you can scoop the jam out of this quote unquote threatening container into the ones that you just brought and take the jam with you. And we're like, okay, can we, nice. can we keep the pot? And we're like – and she said, no, abs- no you can't. And we're like, so we can keep the contents, but we can't con- keep the empty container. And the the lady looked at us like, I know how idiotic this is, but it's the <laughs> rules. I'm so sorry. She didn't say wow. that, but she didn't have to. Her look just said it. We're like, look, it's 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 a two pound fifty thing of jam. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but she was so sweet about it. I mean, she did her job. She enforced the rules. She didn't make the rules. So there was no point in us getting mad at her. But I think it really kind of it, it kind of summarizes the attitude generally of of people at Gatwick. I, I'm always I like going through there.
0: But, but all, although you said it's you know it's considered a second tier, it's still the second biggest airport in the UK. And so the, it's the, not the it's s- nothing. No,
1: no, no, no. <laughs> I, I, you're absolutely right to, to point that out. It's, it's a I think good, it's almost 40 million
0: passengers a year. Or it's the busiest
1: right? single yeah. runway airport in the world by yeah. a long shot okay. uh, since KaiTak closed. It's a good airport. I like it. Uh, pro tip here. So there's the Gatwick Express. Ah, here ha, we go. Patented Alex Hunter rant coming up, which is a ripoff. Um, <laughs> it takes you into Victoria Station, which is which is great right in the center of town. Um, it is obscenely expensive. And there are normal, overground, scheduled services from the same platform that are substantially cheaper and take between four and seven minutes longer. This is over a 30-minute journey, bear in mind. Um, so don't get conned by the Gatwick Express. Um, jump on one of the normal uh, services that will stop at maybe two other places, like East Grinstead and somewhere in Croydon maybe, and dump you out at the exact same station, Victoria.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and also for those who are getting in, uh, that's for the premium experience uh, that I was lucky to have one of those Emirates. Uh, so there's a fast track, a premium um, security it's better than any premium security get all across the UK. I mean, even Ether doesn't actually qualify as as good. It's it's really a completely separate entrance. Very solid. It's big. It's airy. It's people are extremely nice. Uh, even the, sec- the normal security, actually, I find it very efficient. Yes. M- more efficient than Heathrow the <laughs> time,
1: again. More efficient than Heathrow. If they had a few more staff, uh, it would be a lot better. And if you travel with families, there's a dedicated family line, which oh, is wow. in both terminals, which is so, so useful. And in fact, another shout out to the Gatwick staff because we were flying on um, the August bank holiday. Uh, leading up to the August bank holiday and it was busy, which is fine. We were, we were expecting that. And we got in line at the family. I was traveling with my, my, my wife and two kids. The family thing. Someone from BA or uh, from BAA, British yeah. Airport Authority people at run Gatwick came over and said, hey, don't go in that line. I'm like, Oh, we're, but we're a family. Is like, don't go in that line. It's going to take forever. And he walked us clear across the terminal, um, kind of holding my son's hand to make sure he kept up. To, he's like, this line is always shorter. It's always faster. He's like, I know wow. I know it looks longer. I know it looks like there's... He's like, but trust me. And he was absolutely right. So he didn't have to do that. Oh, That's really that's really kind. It was very impressive. Did, all, uh, did you ever have... A,
0: have a, uh, we'll almost finish on that, but did you ever have, a, have a, on the way in, uh, was there a lot of time to wait at uh, immigration, border control? Uh, it, in, can
1: be, right? past, it can be, right? In the past, it can be awful. In fact, we landed as an A380... Uh, were the, the, the jet bridges were being put out to an A380. I looked at my wife and said, we have got to sprint. Otherwise, we're going to be <laughs> behind 450 people. We were in the middle of that 450 people. And I don't know what they've done, but they've, uh, wh- what they've done in immigration, but we didn't wait more than 10 minutes oh okay because i had off and on
0: experiences about that sometimes you have to walk a lot especially if you're in the terminal that caters for EasyJet. but it's off and on but it's okay i'm still acceptable I'm we had to, to lock, walk it.
1: a long way but we did get to walk over the awesome bridge that that goes across that that <laughs> yeah we yeah, right? by
0: the, yeah by the way it's a, it's a great report to actually do a plane spotting yep. because uh, a lot of it has a uh, massive windows you can look at the apron you can look at the the, the runway the parking so it's contrary to ether which is a bit more as, uh, you know, secluded for that. You, you can, you have pretty, pretty great views. So if you're a plane spotter, it's actually a pretty cool airport to, to watch. Big birds.
1: Uh, get, Cafe talk- Rouge, get, uh, South Terminal, great views. There you
0: are. <laughs> I, I didn't know that one actually. So it will next time, definitely. And one thing also, uh, because I've been asked actually by a friend recently, there are sometimes for those who do not live in the UK and uh, actually do layovers. They are in some cases, and I've seen that on BEA because I've tried this morning actually just to see, there are some uh, flights that are offered... Where you land at Heathrow and then you take off from Gatwick, or the opposite. Uh, so be warned that uh, the route in between uh, usually is made by car on the M twenty five, which is a circular highway or freeway, whatever you want to call it, motorway here in the UK, which is around the uh, around London. It can take a little bit of time. Uh, which is why, obviously, these flights are usually offered with between sometimes three hours of of, of time be- because it, it can take. Yeah. Sometimes it can only take half an hour if there's absolutely no traffic, a little bit more than half an hour. Let's not kid ourselves. But it can't be actually really uh, backed up on that. So for those who have this option in front of them, be warned that you'd better hurry uh, yeah. to be on the highway as fast as possible. They sadly know a fast rail link. They're thinking about it. Uh, but first, I think we, we have to deal with the runway then yeah. you have think about a rail
1: link. I, I can't. Uh, and I travel, obviously, it's my home, London, and I would never, ever do a flight that had one, a flight landing at Gatwick that connected to a flight in Heathrow or any of the other London airports. No, I would
0: not, but I, I've seen it's offered a million yeah, times, that's, actually. It's More than I tip. thought.
1: It's a great tip. Kayak's good at pointing out that... That if you uh, uh, you have different airport connections, but I just avoid it in London. It's just a nightmare. Yeah.
0: So on that, uh, I think uh, it, it's an airport like as the others in London. We obviously will talk about because that runway thing is not over not go far away from it. For a long time. <laughs> so I've actually received for those who watch the video, received this this morning. Say, oh uh, look at that. No ether Third Runway protest on October 10th. And actually, two days ago, I received another, which was, do I want to give a testimonial why Ether should have a third runway? We know that some of it is actually, of course, engineered by the airports themselves, fair game. So uh, this is why we'll still be talking about it. We will try not to bore you with it.
1: <laughs> on that, Alex, uh, see you next time. See you next time, guys. Take care. Happy travels.
0: On behalf of layovers and the entire crew, We would like to thank you for joining us on this podcast today. And we're looking forward to seeing you on board again next week. Flight attendants, please prepare for landing.